Hi, and welcome to another episode of Property Legal 101, a weekly podcast where I will discuss, simplify and explain different legal topics in relation to property transactions in England and Wales, so that you can approach your own property projects with more confidence and communicate more effectively with your solicitor. My name is Josh Yam, Associate Partner at Spencer West LLP, and in this week's episode, I will be helping you to understand on a very basic level some of the contents in a land registry title register. Let's start with a little history background. HM Land Registry came into existence in 1862 and has since been responsible for the registration and record keeping of land and property across England and Wales. Before that time, there was no official method of recording land transactions. The land register is still not fully complete, and it is estimated that only 86% coverage has currently been achieved. However, what is more surprising when you consider what came before land registry is the fact that the current 86% coverage has been achieved with only a combination of making registration of specific transactions compulsory and a program of encouraging voluntary registration. Nowadays, it is standard practice for any purchase and sale of property in England and Wales to be registered at land registry by the buyer solicitor after completion. The length of time required for the registration process to be completed will depend on land registry, and factors such as their current workload and whether they have any inquiries to raise about the registration following review of the transactional documents. Typically, registration of a brand new lease for example where you are buying a new build apartment, will take up to six months from submission of application to complete, and registration for a transfer of title, as with a purchase of a second-hand property, would be much quicker. Once registration is complete, a new title register for the property will be issued, and this title register will be your official certificate of ownership. A quick point to note here is that title registers will be issued electronically only, so you will not receive any hard copy certificates. Land Registry will also retain copies of any documents submitted to them for registration. So if you should lose any original title deeds, your solicitor should generally be able to obtain a copy from UK Land Registry for a small fee. So once registration has been completed and you have received your new title register, what information does the register contain and how do you make sense of it? There are two documents associated with the title register. Firstly, of course, will be the title register itself, but attached to the register will also be a plan of the property in question. The plan will show the outline of the property in red, and you may also see shadings of different colours within the plan. Each colour will refer to a different entry within the register, and show the physical extent of these entries affecting the property. Now let's look at the title register itself. Each title register is split into three sections, labelled as A. Property Register B. Proprietorship Register and C. Charges Register On a very basic level, the Property Register Section A will note the good things, such as the details of the property in question, the type of interest that the owner has, freehold or leasehold, and any historical rights or interests which the property may benefit from over its neighbouring land. If you have a leasehold, details to the lease will also be in this section. 
The proprietorship register, section B, will firstly show who the legal owner of the property is and their correspondence address. If there are any restrictions which affect the owner's ability to sell its interest, for example, if there is a mortgage on the property, then the relevant details of these restrictions will also be shown in this section. For any restrictions that appear on the title, any incoming buyer will not be able to complete the registration following completion unless the conditions of the restrictions have been satisfied, and it will be the job of the buyer solicitor to ensure that they obtain from the seller solicitor anything they need to enable this. For the majority of cases, you will also see the words title absolute in the proprietorship register. This refers to the class of title that the owner has over the property, and title absolute is the best class available and what you would want to see. I won't be discussing the other class of titles available in this episode, but if you see anything other than title absolute, for example, possessory title, good leasehold, or anything with the word qualified, then you may wish to speak to your solicitor to understand further what this means. The charges register, section C, is the opposite of section A, property register, in that it records any rights, interests, or restrictions which affect the property in question. This could be either a negative restriction, for example prohibiting the property to be used for a certain purpose, such as gambling or general business, or it could be a positive obligation on a property owner to do something, such as maintain a boundary feature, such as a border fence. If you have a mortgage, details of your lender will be noted in this section as well. That covers the basics, and here are a few more hints and tips in relation to your title register. Number one, when you first receive a new title register from your solicitor, your solicitor should have already checked to make sure the details are correct. However, just in case, you should also review your personal details, noted in the first entry of section B, proprietorship register, and if you are purchasing a new lease, the details of your lease which will be noted in section A, property register. Human errors can happen, but minor mistakes can usually be easily rectified, free of charge by UK Land Registry. Number two, when providing your contact details to be registered on your title register, you can give up to three addresses for this purpose. But what you should know is that email address will also be accepted. So if you are based overseas and the best way to contact you would be by email, this could be an option. But of course, you will need to make sure to update your register if you change your email address. Number three, the length of a title register can vary greatly. Some may be a single page with minimal entries and others may be several pages long with a number of different entries, both historical and recent. If you are purchasing a property with any particular plans in mind, such as if you want to knock the property down and rebuild, or if you want to build an extension, you should let your solicitor know of your plans ahead of time, so they can bear this in mind when they do their due diligence on the property. If there are any concerns relating to restrictions within the title, you can then be more proactive in looking at solutions. That brings to a close this week's episode. A much shorter episode, but you should have all the basics that you need. Next week, I'll be discussing the legal process for a standard second-hand property purchase. 
As always, if you have any questions on what we have talked about this week, or if you have any topics you would like me to address in a future episode, feel free to email me at propertylegal101 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and have a fantastic week. Thank you.